Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 30 of Something Worth Thinking About. Today we want to go with Jesus to the Grove of Olive Trees where he prayed three times a prayer that the Father would take this cup away from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. So let's go to the garden and let's pray with Jesus and let's think about what it means to pray the way he prayed. Our text today is Matthew chapter 26, verses 36 through 39. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and two of the sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Now, this prayer is also given to us in a different form in Mark chapter 14, verse 36. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. And Luke's account in Luke chapter 22, verses 43 through 44, gives us some other details that we don't see in Matthew and Mark. We are told that an angel from heaven appeared to Jesus and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. So Jesus is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. He's praying in anguish, and big drops of sweat are falling from his body. And God sends an angel from heaven to strengthen him. But the cup, evidently, was not taken from him. Now, let's take a moment to talk about what is this cup. I submit to you that the cup is not simply death itself. It is more. It is so much more. Jesus is not just experiencing death for himself. Jesus was experiencing death and punishment for all of us. I want us to hear the word of God in Isaiah 53, verses 5 through 6. Speaking long ago, the prophet spoke of the Messiah when he said these words, But he was wounded for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the punishment that made us whole, and by his bruises we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have all turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. And no doubt this passage is in mind when Peter took up this refrain in 1 Peter 2, 24, and said of Jesus, he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. 
by his wounds, you have been healed. So when we think of this cup that Jesus is praying about, and when we reflect on the cross of Christ, there's something bigger and deeper that is going on in this prayer than simply death. Christ, in his death, is bearing the sins of the world. Just as the Apostle Paul puts it in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. There is more happening on the cross than the death of just one person. Jesus is bearing our sins, our shame, and our disgrace. Scripture makes this clear and plain, so there can be no doubt that this cup that Jesus is praying about in the garden has to do with all of this, and perhaps even more. The cup is often used in the Old Testament as a metaphor for God's wrath. We see the same metaphor used in graphic language in Revelation 14, which references both the wine of God's fury and the cup of God's wrath. We will perhaps always wonder what is really going on in the moment when Jesus cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Is Jesus experiencing a separation from God the Father? And if so, how? Because Jesus has told us repeatedly that he and the Father are one. The Father is always with him. So how can, how can it be that they are in this moment separated? Yet, if it is so, however temporary it might have been, how great must have been the anguish for Jesus, the one who has never known such a separation from God the Father. And equally, how great must have been the anguish of the Father to experience this separation from his Son through the cross and everything that is happening on the cross. Might, for example, this be the meaning of the darkness in the middle of the day as Jesus is dying on the cross and bearing our sins in his body on the cross. Now, we have to be careful that we do not overreach and say too much here, but there can be no doubt that this cup that Jesus is praying about is not simply his death. This cup surely touches on more than what we can see with our eyes. We believe the word of God in Colossians chapter 1, verses 21 through 22 once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. But now God has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. There were things happening in and on the cross that cannot be seen with our eyes. They can only be seen through faith. Jesus came to do the will of the Father. And even as he prayed for this cup to be removed, he again affirmed his desire to do the Father's will. He surrendered his heart, his mind, and his body 
to the will of God. Jesus loves the Father. The Father loves His Son. And this love is what has brought us to God and saved us fully and completely from the power of sin and death. Let's conclude with the profound words of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 14 through 15. For Christ's love compels us, because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. When Christ died on the cross, all died. There's a lot happening on the cross that we cannot see except by faith. And if we again believe that Christ died for all, then we should no longer live for ourselves, but we should live for the one who died for us and was raised again.